This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. You don't like the Drake. I hate the Drake. I love the Drake. How could you not like the Drake? Who's the Drake? Who's the Drake? The Drake is good. Do you like the Drake? I love the Drake. What about the Drake? Oh, screw the Drake. I love the Drake. everyone and welcome to Robin Everyone Loves the Drake comic podcast. This podcast will take a chronological look at the third boy to wear the mantle of Robin, Tim Drake. We will follow his journey in the pages of the 90s 2000 ongoing Robin series and other notable comics of that era. We will also take a look at other Tim Drake appearances in DC Comics new and old to find out why everyone loves the Drake. Good for them. Love the Drake. <laughs> I'm impressed. What can I say? I'm irresistible. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 94 of Robin Everyone Loves the Drake Comic Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Myers. This show is brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net, your home for all things Batman Huma celebrating 80 years and Tim Drake Robin that is celebrating 30 years. We're part of the Batman Universe Podcasting Network. We're also part of Batman on Films Podcast Network, and you can find that at BatmanPodcastNetwork.com. You can get a hold of us at Facebook.com slash Everyone Loves the Drake. We are on Twitter at ELTD Podcast. You can find us over on Instagram and you can email into the show at Robin ELTD Podcast at Yahoo.com. And we also have a YouTube page. Just look up Robin Everyone Loves the Drake Podcast. Now, for the next seven episodes, now we're down to six. My good co host, buddies, partners, and pals, Terrence and Ryan will not be on any of these. I think, well, Terrence technically was on episode 93 just because we had recorded a conversation uh, beforehand. Not to say that as I'm compiling these that maybe we'll decide, hey, we need to have an intro because some big news just dropped. I would kind of expect that once Tim Drake's new superhero name and costume gets uh, made known that we'll probably tack that onto one of these interview segments, but they are not here, but I suggest you go follow them during the time where they're not on the shows before we get to episode 100 gives them a little bit of a breather before we try and figure out what we're doing for episode 100, but you can follow Ryan at SMB underscore Ryan. You can also hear him as the host of Batman on film podcast, and you can follow his Azrael podcast at Azrael podcast on Twitter, and you can follow Terrence at Tim's Redbird. So like I said, this is episode 94, and this is our 
countdown or count up, depending on how you want to do it, for uh, getting us towards episode 100. And this is going to be our interview series that is going to take us over the next six episodes leading us up to episode 100. And with this episode right here, uh, my good friend and also a co-host on Everyone Loves Young Justice podcast, Jay Oz makes his first entry into the doorway of the Drake house. That sounds really cheesy and corny, but this is Jay's first time on Robin Everyone Loves the Drake, and what a better way to find out why he loves the Drake. So I'll let you listen to him as he tells you why he loves the Drake. But before we do that, we'll go into a couple promos. And when we get back, you'll hear why Jay Oz loves the Drake. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Can you believe it, Jay? Young Justice is back. The Cartoon Network show from five years ago? Uh, No. Yeah, that too. I, I, I mean the comic book. Oh, cool. A comic book based off the Cartoon Network show? No. Yeah, I mean that too, but but not oh, that. the 1998 Peter David run. No, yeah, uh, kind of. I mean, oh, this is going to get confusing. Wait, 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 wait. Are you trying to say that there's a brand new comic book series written by Brian Michael Bendis with art by Patrick Gleason, along with a new season of the animated show on the DC Universe streaming app and a digital first comic that fills in the gaps between seasons two and three? Yes. I mean, <sighs> Yes. Sounds like we need a podcast to keep all this straight. (laughs) That's what I've been trying to say. Well, say it. The new podcast, Everyone Loves Young Justice, will spin out of Robin, Everyone Loves the Drake, as a sister podcast, following the adventures of Tim Drake and his new team, Young Justice, with members like Superboy, Impulse, Wonder Girl, Arrowette, a Red Tornado, the Justice Cave, Miss Martian, Blue Beetle, Shazam, the Super Cycle, Ginny Hex, Team Lantern, Jay, Jay, what? (laughs) One thing at a time, man. Oh, sorry. We will start right where it all began in the pages of the 1998 Peter David run. And we will alternate between that and the new Brian Michael Bendis 2019 run. While also discussing the DC Universe animated series and tie-in comics. We are part of the BatmanUniverse.net podcast network. We can be found there or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're going to cover all aspects of Young Justice. Man, I love Young Justice. I know. Everyone does. Oh, I get it. (sighs) I used to like to walk the straight and narrow line I used to think that everything was fine Sometimes I'd sit and gaze for days through sleepless streams All alone and trapped in time All alone and trapped in I wonder what tomorrow has in mind for me Or am I even in its mind at all Perhaps I'll get a chance to look ahead and see Soon as I find myself a crystal ball Soon as I find myself a crystal ball But tell me, tell me where I'm going I don't know where I'm 
All right, continuing on with our celebration for Tim Drake's 30th anniversary and our 100th episode, I've got a good friend of the show, and it's but even better, I can say, now he's a podcasting buddy of mine. My good friend Jay Yaws from Everyone Loves Young Justice and his own show, Comics Now, uh, with us on the mic celebrating Tim Drake is Jay Oz. How are you doing, sir? I'm great, Rob. Thanks very much for having me as part of this uh, celebration of 30 years of the Drake. Yeah, and I would like to say that I coordinated this to that the 100th episode was going to coincide with Tim Drake's 30th. No, I just don't plan well, and there was a lot of lapses where I was like, hey, look, dumb luck. So now I've just got to make sure that I land the 100th episode in 2019 <laughs> that I don't derail myself. They call that serendipity. Yes, ser- <laughs> yes, definitely serendipity. We'll, we'll call it that. We'll call it that. <laughs> uh, so... What I'd like to do is uh, why I've got you on the mic here for a little bit is just kind of talk about uh, Tim Drake. And one of the first questions I have for you is what was your first introduction to the character? Could be comics, animation, or a pencil that you got at Six Flags. (laughs) (laughs) The uh, rewinding just a bit before, what really got me into just Batman in general was the movie Batman Forever. came out when uh, when I was 10 first batman movie i saw in the theater before that i was kind of into marvel for a little little bit i like the x-men and things like that but i wasn't like a huge comic nerd or anything like that but after i saw batman forever i have not looked back for the past 24 years pretty much um (laughs) So I, you know, would watch that movie over and over and over again whenever I got the chance and watch Batman the Animated Series and then eventually, you know, the new Adventures of Batman or the new Batman Adventures, whichever. I think it's the latter. Yeah, the yeah I always Batman forget which way that's worded <laughs> because there's technically and, two. <laughs> yes, yes. But I would watch that one. It eventually came on. What really introduced me to Tim Drake, though, was I was wanting to get into the comics but really didn't. There isn't really a good quote unquote starting point unless you want to go all the way back to the beginning, which right. is eh, a little difficult, especially if you're, you know, an 11 or 12 year old <laughs> trying to do this. Uh, right. So I would frequently get to go on little trips to the mall or bookstores and I would just pick up, you know, cool Batman graphic novels, pretty much whichever ones looked interesting to me. And the earliest one that I remember actually getting and reading was Night's End. So not mm. Nightfall or even <laughs> Night Quest, but Night's End. That's that's the very first fully fledged Batman story and arc that I can think of. Which, of course, at that time, Tim Drake was Robin, and mm-hmm. Dick Grayson was Nightwing. So I'd known Dick as Robin, obviously, just from cartoons and you know seeing episodes of the '60s Batman series and Batman Forever up to that point. But as a comic reader, of course, I mean my entire life, Dick has been Nightwing. I mean Jason was technically Robin for part of my early life, but I mean I wasn't really aware of comics at that point. <laughs> so <laughs> Tim has been Robin most of my life. I just really gravitated toward the character. I think it was uh, not to say that it's necessarily a juvenile mindset or response but especially as a young kid it's like okay i mean being batman would be cool but being batman's best friend that would be even cooler (laughs) so i kind of wanted to be robin (laughs) so that's that was kind of the appeal of tim drake there is the kid who got to hang out with batman and had a pretty sweet bow staff too (laughs) oh gotta love that bow staff oh yes so i was going to ask that 
your your first introduction to the character do you have over your 20 some odd year history with the character do you have a favorite story featuring tim drake where you go oh i, I really dig this one uh let me let me think here because yeah you did not give us time to prepare for this no <laughs> no no i didn't at all oh, and I, i'm not complaining it's like that's that's so people know that i uh, we're we're p- being put on the spot here i'm trying to think of particular issues that stood out i'm i'm a big fan of just you know like one and done stories or like really mm-hmm. short arcs so i like a lot of just that early chuck dixon run where it's just pretty much every issue can stand on its own i mean funny enough the very first issue was a a night's end tie-in so Mm -hmm, you know maybe not that one uh (laughs) i mean i like issue zero where he met young um Uh, dick grayson yeah yeah yeah, okay uh yeah it was young dick grayson i'm uh i think the variant of that is that really cool image where tim just has the the staff above his head and he's kind of lunging at the frame is is it that one or Uh, issue zero is the uh where he's lunging at the frame then issue 10 zero hour issue 10 is zero zero hour (laughs) yeah yeah see i I get those two confused as well and that's what's one of those like you're talking about it's a nice one and done story that yeah it ties in to the you know zero hour event but it's a really concise told robin story that if you didn't realize that the zero hour event was going on that this it still reads very well all on its own those are some of our favorite to cover on the show is a two issue arc like we did the ninja camp one not that long ago mm-hmm. and uh, peek behind the curtain we just recorded the underworld unleashed event that ties into under the underworld and i kept saying on the show underwear so <laughs> <laughs> but it told its own little story as well rather than you know it's tied to a narrative but it's not the whole entire thing yeah, I like that Ninja Camp arc, too. That one really stuck out to me. Uh, I think that was the first time I read the Alvin Draper yeah, uh. <laughs> pseudonym. I can't remember the issue. I want to say it's around issue 40. The cover is just uh, almost completely white. And Tim oh, is yeah. uh, kind of crouched over a body, like in the snow. And- 46. Oh, uh, is it 46? Okay. Yeah. And uh, I think that's the one where he tries to rescue a kid who had been, like, pinned under a building. Yeah. And he ultimately drowns. I mean, that that was a really powerful issue, especially when I read that when I was, you know, about 12 or 13. <laughs> one, one of those cases where it was like, okay, you know, comics can tackle adult themes and mature themes, but not be inaccessible to younger readers because that's a very heavy issue. There's really not anything in it that's inappropriate for, you know, a kid to read, but it's still not, you know, the, an earlier issue where on the cover, Tim is punching out, you know, crocky or, or, or whatever, (laughs) uh, something fun with, again, I mean, I love that kind of storytelling, but, uh, yeah, yeah, 46, that's, that was a really, really powerful issue. And uh, there's also the one where if I had thought about it before 10 minutes ago, I would have pulled my long box <laughs> out of my closet. <laughs> Another one that really uh, stuck out to me that was uh, still some pretty heavy themes, but still, you know, very, it's one that has a powerful message and is very much a, you know, message of the week, story of the week kind of thing, like a very special episode kind of story, but it wasn't heavy handed or contrived is the one where Tim and Ariana are dating and she tries to 
progress their relationship further than it should be. And Tim, mm. you know, stops her, says this isn't right. He finds out why she's wanting to do this and find, you know, just discovers that some pretty, I mean, I don't think you guys have covered that on the Drake yet. So no, not know, yet. I'm going to go into spoilers or anything for, you know, a 20 year old issue. But again, it's one that deals with some very relevant issues, especially for teenagers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it deals with them in a way that's believable, and but it doesn't feel like uh, you know it's it's preachy or or heavy handed or anything like that. I think that was that may have been issue forty or somewhere around there. Um, I think uh, if I'm looking at the cover, it's uh, all in red and it's got uh, Ariana kind of down on the uh, ground. Yeah, and Tim Tim's is standing over her, and then yeah. Robin's in the background like yep. yelling. Yeah. Is that issue forty? That's issue forty. It says Robin in after the pain. Rage, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That one. So that those were some really good stories that I enjoyed. I'm trying to think of other. I mean, my, my thing was I would want to, especially around that time, if Robin was in it, I would want to read it. So yeah. I, I even liked uh, reading, you know, Legacy, where there was that virus that infected the citizens of, of uh, Gotham, and Tim was actually infected by it. So that was uh, really a really not necessarily fun story to read, but it was, you know, really impactful because like, Hey, even, you know, your heroes can be susceptible to some of this stuff. And, and then no, no, no. Contagion was first. I think I said it was legacy. Contagion was first. And then legacy was when Rachel Gould tried to weaponize that virus for himself. And Tim was afraid that he was going to like, um, it was going to go make like a, is relapse the right kind of word? I believe so. Yeah. uh, So yeah, something like that. Or be more acceptable to it again, you know? Exactly. So I li- I liked reading that kind of stuff where Tim and really the whole Bat family was just a part of it and get you know going on adventures mm-hmm. and having their own kind of niche or niche whatever however you say it within the story. But everybody's still having something to do. Like Barbara is Oracle, and you know in the case of like Legacy, Nightwing went to the Middle East to fight Rachel Ghoul, and then you know Azrael. I think he was used at a point to try to find the cure like in contagion and things like that so i i like reading stuff like that where everybody has a role well speaking of reading we've got robin red robin young justice and teen titans jeff johns if you were going to pick or tell somebody like here's a good example of what tim drake is and who he represents do you like him as more of the adult tim drake in the red robin series or like older like maybe early 20s late teens Uh, part of a team book is young justice or a younger or an older team established in uh, teen titans or the robin solo series i mean the one that i have the most familiarity with is uh, as a younger kind of mid-aged teen from the robin solo series i read quite a bit of young justice back in the day i honestly when he was part of the Teen Titans. That was in a time where I wasn't reading comics as much. I would pick up some big titles here and there, but Teen Titans just, and even Robin's series at that point was one that really wasn't just for budgetary reasons. I wasn't picking up uh, any longer. And because I kind of reached a stopping point with Robin and collecting that somewhere in the nineties. And then, you know, by the time I was starting to maybe start, get back into things he was in you know the 110s or even 120s of um of his series and uh so 
it was around that time. I'm I'm not as familiar with it, so I'm just gonna say that it's kind of a blind spot, so I can't intelligently uh, talk about that. But even then, I like uh, I just like when he's coming to his own as Robin, figuring out the type of Robin he's going to be. He's not, you know, the athletic quipster like Dick was. He's not the pretty much the brawler that Jason was. He he has to figure out where he fits and what he's good yeah. at. Uh, so I liked reading that kind of stuff. So when you first think of the new costume at the time or when you first identified, oh, that's Tim Drake, does Tim's classic Robin costume, does it scream the 90s or does he successfully you know escape the 90s and you can put him in that costume today and that still work i think we kind of know that answer but uh <laughs> i'm just kind of curious where people are like you look at and I, this is the example i use guy gardner warrior you put him in a comic now you go that is 1990 all over the place even connor kent's costume in young justice right now is a product of the 90s and you as much as i love that seeing him in the pages of the current Young Justice book, I know that's 90s version of Connor Kent. How do you how do you identify with that Robin costume for Tim, that first one? Is it is that just the Robin costume or is that oh that's the nineties Robin? I think that it is not an unpopular opinion to hold, but the Tim Drake Robin costume is one of the, if not the best costume updates of all time. Because the original Robin costume is iconic. I mean, everybody knows it. it. It had been around for, you know, 50 years by the point that Tim was introduced. Right. But it was, I mean, the little pixie boots and the shorts and everything. <laughs> I mean, I like it for what it is. Uh, right. I mean, just the iconic Robin look. But they successfully up I'm I, here I'll make I'll make this comparison. They successfully updated everything that worked and did away with everything that didn't and then mm. added things that worked for the Tim Drake costume that make it, you know, pretty much perfect. I mean nothing's no like truly perfect design, but it's right, about right. as close as you could get. I mean I you might be able to say I mean I kind of like the the split toe look of the boots right. but you could do away with that and that in the costume wouldn't lose anything but it doesn't feel like there's anything really extraneous on there that doesn't belong or is just there for the sake of it so no I don't think it is a product of the 90s I don't think it's something that you can point to and just say like we were talking off mic earlier about like the new 52 costumes for pretty much Every character. Right. I mean, that even though it's only eight years later, they're all incredibly dated and from a very specific point in time. Whereas Superman's classic, you know, red trunks suit, it fits in in the, you know, in the 30s and 40s, in the 80s, in the 2000s, in the 70s. I mean, it's really nebulous where it fits in. I mean, just because it's a timeless look. Tim's Robin costume does... The only thing that it really – and it's not even necessarily a – it dates it. But the only thing that it really pinpoints to is the fact that it is Tim in the costume. Right. So much but, so, like you said in Batman Forever, I watched Batman Forever and I went, that's Tim Drake's costume. Yeah, exactly. Or even on the uh, animated series, you know, Dick right. was wearing Tim's costume. And um, to me, that always showed how great that costume was where somebody was like, wow – 
this costume not only transcended one character, but it went to another Robin as well, where the animated series was like, oh, thank God somebody created this costume. Because yeah. well, I, I don't know if we would have had Robin in the animated series. It might have gone straight to Dick Grayson if if that costume hadn't existed. Yeah, exactly. So. And that's that's what I love about it is like even on the animated series or even in Batman Forever, you can recognize it as Tim's costume, but it doesn't feel like, oh, Dick is just wearing Tim's clothes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's still an iconic Robin look, even though it's Tim's Robin look. Uh, I said I was going to make a comparison and I had to put it out there. I got a tangent, but like Tim, Tim's costume updated everything about Robin's costume that needed updating for the better. Whereas right now, Batgirl's costume, I think, has the opposite problem. I know that, you know, the Burnside costume she wore, like the purple with the, you know, the The yellow gloves and everything. I liked it, but I understand why people didn't. It it is still definitely a costume that's kind of of a time and place, but I still thought it was fine. But now, uh, I think Sean Gordon Murphy designed this new look for her Mm -hmm. that is very reminiscent of uh, her classic gray and yellow costume, but it has enough extra details added onto it that it almost looks perfect, but there's just enough added nonsense that I almost kind of hate the costume. (laughs) Just because it's almost great, but not quite, and then it's just almost... Because she has little uh spike spurs on her heels that really don't serve any purpose right she has a huge domino mask which isn't necessarily a problem but then she has bat ears in her hair that can only be attached you know as like a headband i don't know it's kind of a mystery how those can even attach (laughs) whereas you know if she had a full cowl even with you know the wide open eyes it would still look fine but now it's just she has a huge domino mask, her long flowing red hair, and then these two little e- you know ears stuck on there that it just looks weird. And even I understand the uh, the functionality of it. Her chest symbol, the bat symbol on her chest has these yellow straps going along her back that is supposed to be for a backpack that's, you know, on the back of her costume under the cape, which again I I get it and understand the form and function of it, but it's still just, it it just, it's just an extra detail that doesn't work, that didn't need updating. It's something that wasn't, effectively wasn't broken to begin with, but then, you know, they added, tried to add things. uh, You see it a lot with, uh, you know, Batman will have, you know, a effectively a skin tight, you know, costume and without a whole lot of detail to it. But then artists will draw like really heavy, complex gauntlets for his gloves. It's like, you know, that may be how it would need to work in real life. But, you know, there's a suspension of disbelief in comics. It's like, OK, that's not entirely necessary. We can believe that these little capsules like on, on Tim's shoulders can hold what he needs. Right. Or, you know, that, uh, you know, Nightwing had the glove and boot compartments on there. It's like, okay, you know, we, we suspend disbelief that that could hold it. You don't need these really complex added details of piping and everything like that to make it look quote unquote realistic because 
you know, it just looks it, it just looks kind of messy on the page. And that's how I feel with Batgirl's costume is the opposite of Tim Drake's update that um, it's just it's just more details added for additional function that weren't necessary at all. Right. Question that I want to ask is in the last five years or so, starting with the new 52, it seems Tim Drake has taken a backseat to other members of the Bat family or almost left out in all media altogether, like animated things and, and such. And even the comics was Tim created too early or too late it, being in the late nineties. If he had been in mid nineties, would he be around like a adjacent, like there's always the red hood and stuff like the Lego animated movie that's coming out. It's got Nightwing, Batgirl, it's got Damian Robin in it, but there's no Tim Drake anywhere. Do you think that he, or maybe the better question is why do you think Tim gets kind of left off the table? That is that's a good question. <laughs> you could devote entire episodes to that question. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I know. This is this is where Donovan and I just kind of <laughs> went. Oh man, I don't think any of that is necessarily Tim's fault, or even like whether he was created too early or too late. I mean, obviously he's a fictional character, so nothing's going to be his fault. Right, but right. <laughs> anything that could. Any argument that could be made one way or the other that he was created too early or maybe even too late as a character. Uh, I, and I'd half wondered I don't know. Uh, if if it was the new fifty two that did it. I, like, I really right think it up is. Bef- right up before, you know, the Red Robin series was doing very well. Then we went into the new fifty two and the Teen Titans book just did not grab anybody. So I felt like all of those characters just kinda got put into a bucket off the side while they're not working. And so when we have a Batman family meeting in the Batcave, Tim just wasn't there, i.e. because of the way he was received in the new 52. Yeah. I mean, really that, that kind of in a roundabout way is where uh, I was kind of going to go with it is at a certain point with what editorial or whomever was wanting to do with the characters they couldn't get tim to fit in because he was working incredibly well before but then they wanted to make changes to bring other characters forward in the in the spotlight that that tim didn't really have a place anymore because Going back to, you know, when he was introduced, he was introduced with a purpose. He wasn't just introduced as, well, we need another kid to wear the the little booties anymore, so let's just <laughs> right. create another kid. I mean, his int- – uh, that's kind of what Jason was introduced as. <laughs> right. You know, right, Was, yeah. well, we need a Robin, so let's create another one. And, uh, I mean, as much as I dog on Jason, and, I mean, yes, frankly, I wish he would have stayed dead. Or if he had to come back, if he had really just stayed a villain, I think he works yeah. much better that way if he has to be alive. But, again, you can dev- devote an entire other episode or even an entire devoted podcast to that. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, that's what Jason – I mean, Frank, that is what Jason was for. I mean, or- originally, he was a redheaded clone, literally a red-haired clone of Dick Grayson, uh, yeah. down to the fact that he you know came from a circus family. And his parents died. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was only after Crisis that you know he became a different character, the the character that we're more familiar with, with um, you know the rough street kid who tried to steal you know the wheels off the Batmobile and everything. But still, Jason Todd was created just because they needed another Robin. Tim mm. 
was created to justify Robin. So his purpose, you know, even even after he proved to Bruce that Bruce needed a Robin, he still wanted to prove that he, you know, could follow orders and could actually, you know, listen and not, you know, just be another tragedy like Jason going off and doing what he felt was necessary or needed, but that he could listen to Bruce. Tim Tim's entire purpose originally was to say Batman needs a Robin and if you will let me I will be that Robin but I will be that Robin however I need to be staying in the Batcave and kind of just being you know mission control there for a while and everything mm-hmm. you know his his character gradually developed and like I said earlier in his solo series he was still kind of figuring out the type of Robin he was going to be. Ultimately, he landed on, you know, he had an affinity for, you know, computers and, you know, technology, maybe not as much as Barbara as Oracle, but, you know, he's, he, he was still kind of the brains and, you know, he landed on that. But, you know, over time, eventually he became strong enough that you, you believed him as standing alongside Batman, but he could still carry his own stories that's like you said his robin solo series was incredibly successful his red robin series was incredibly successful i think you guys have made the point before that (laughs) a lot of the early annuals were when some of them i think came when robin didn't even have a mini series going on let alone like the uh the eclipso one and i think even bloodlines i think those were two annuals before the main series and uh, before a main series that's predates the miniseries yeah exactly so i mean he was a character that people wanted to read and could carry these stories by himself he's i mean he's that rare robin i really that feel that can stand up that stand is believable as batman's sidekick or partner but also is a hero unto themselves whereas going into you know the 2000s and Introducing, you know, Damien, there was that interesting conflict there where Damien felt he was entitled to the Robin title because who else is going to be Batman's partner other than his own son, his literal flesh and blood son? So there was that interesting uh, conflict between the two of them. But even then, I still think that Damien worked better as Dick Grayson's Robin because his personality played off Dick's, you know, a little more. I hesitate to say, you know, fun and jovial, but a more lighthearted Batman and uh, how he approached being the Caper Crusader, whereas Tim was a better Robin to Bruce's Batman. But then when you come to the New 52, on the one hand, I'm thankful for it because they paired Damien and Bruce together, which I didn't think was going to be a good pairing, and I would still prefer Bruce and Tim, but... The stories we got with uh, Tomasi and Gleason, Batman and Robin, were some of the best Batman comics of the time. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, one of the best New 52 series without question. But still, Tim just doesn't fit in with this almost regression of everybody because, you know, then it, then it comes into the, well, superheroes have been around for five years at this point that really weird arbitrary five-year number that they kept throwing around that didn't make any sense because it's like well if superheroes have only been around for five years then why have there been 
four Robins, one of whom is dead and resurrected at this point. <laughs> right. Tim didn't fit in with this complete overhaul. He could have fit in. I just don't think they ever found a way for him to. And I hate to say it, but I don't think that they cared enough to try. Right. So I don't think that Tim was introduced too early. That Going back to your actual question. Right. You know, my point being that throughout all of Tim's publication history, he's had a point. He's had a purpose. He's come to a point where he can carry his own titles, where he can be his own hero who's still linked to Batman but isn't – doesn't necessarily need Batman in the story to be able to tell compelling adventures. He can go off and be his own hero while still bearing the mantle of Robin. So just in recent history, unfortunately, he's fallen by the wayside just because the point that he got to in his characterization didn't fit in with what everybody else was doing. So I don't know really how to answer it directly (laughs) other than you know saying that they they could either take it all or leave it and they decided to leave it and put tim somewhere you know pretty much on the sidelines and i mean even now you know they're making some steps toward bringing him back to to relevance but uh, still quite a bit to do to get tim back to being the character that he was meant to be and we've seen him be before too yeah well that goes into the next question uh this year tim drake will be given a new code name as a superhero in the pages of young justice Hmm. i wonder who's going to talk about that Uh, (laughs) is it about time or should he stay as robin of a robin of some sort and the question i've kind of i mean question one question two i've always thought why not flip the script and have damien and john can't be the two that they get their name do you think it's time for tim to graduate to a a nightwing a red hood status or is tim the perfect robin he should be that (laughs) those are some uh uh, again, some loaded questions there, <laughs> and, and it's and it's weird. I mean, you, you're just uh, kind of a tangent there. You know, it, Bendis, Brian Michael Bendis, has been the one. You know, he's he's said and is writing the title where Tim is getting a new code name, but then he is tweeting things like hashtag saying Tim is the best Robin. Best Robin, right? So it's like. How how are we supposed to interpret this? I mean, no, nothing against Bendis. I mean, frankly, no, no, no. most of everything that I've been reading from him, especially on the DC front so far, I've at least enjoyed or at least am coming to enjoy more. But still, it's like, how how are we supposed to, you know, take... I mean, I appreciate that he's being the hype man for the series and mm-hmm. is showing his passion and saying that, you know, how much he loves the characters, but it's still just... Even though I agree with it, yes, Tim is the best Robin. <laughs> it's a weird thing to say that and say, oh, by the way, in two months he's getting a new name. Right. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, on the one hand, you know, there there's more than one Green Lantern. So That's what I've always said. You know, why why can't there be more than one Robin? Especially it's like, well, why can't Damien, even if Dick's not going to be Batman? I prefer – I liked Dick as Batman. 
Mm-hmm. I loved that Batman and Robin series, you know, even the the Black Mirror and those stories, you know, those were really fun and really cool mm-hmm. and just some great Batman stories just in general, not, you know, great for what they were, but, you know, just great Batman stories, period. They successfully made somebody who is not Bruce Wayne a compelling Batman and they made it believable to where Dick could and would have been Batman in those stories. So, but even if Damien were to stay Robin and then Dick were to hopefully sometime very soon <laughs> come back <laughs> as Nightwing and then they team up because Tim Seeley on his Rebirth Nightwing series, he would have uh, Damien show up every now and then. And, yeah. you know, they still have that great banter and back and forth. So why can't, you know, Damien partner up with with Dick and then Tim stay Robin as well and then come back and partner up with Bruce or even you know hey let's give Tim his own series right <laughs> and, yeah and everything oh gosh what was the second question <laughs> oh should should John oh uh, yeah yeah Flip and Damien should, uh, should Damien yeah Flip, yeah, yeah sorry you know I mean I don't want to make it feel like an entitlement thing like well these guys have been around longer so let's just give it to them but I mean I I really think because. I, especially with John, I think it would be an easier sell because I think, you know, even though he's been aged up a bit, so not, not sure where it's going to go from here with that. It would be interesting. I just think he likes being a hero and he likes helping. So I don't think, I think he uh, took on the name Superboy almost like, you know, my dad's Superman. Well, I'm going to be Superboy, you know, just that, right. you know, he has that gumption and, you know, that, uh, that excitement to him that would make him say that. I don't think he, is necessarily devoted to having that that name. So I think it would be easier to see him take it on. Damien might be a little more difficult, but I mean it could still play into how he's developed over the years as a character. You know, he uh, is still, you know, a little turd basket, but he's right. at least a likable <laughs> turd basket turd now. And you know, he's not, you know, that, you know, that rotten little you know, butthole who's just showing up and, you know, killing people to prove himself worthy of the title Robin that he deserves because, hey, I'm this guy's kid, so give it to me because I said so. So it would be, you know, fitting with Damien's development to have him take on his own persona, his own identity as a hero. So that's, I mean, that's a good point. I don't necessarily know that I, I can almost guarantee you that that's not what they're going to do. Yeah, I, I'm sure. Uh, they're, they're not going to have two Superboys and two Robins flying around. And they're not going to, you know, flip flip the script, as you said, and give John and Dane. John, they might. I think uh, Connor will still be Superboy. I could definitely see that. But uh, Damien, I can almost guarantee you he's going to stay Robin. But uh, it w- it would be interesting. Uh, I mean, for those reasons, uh, uh, like I said, John, because he just wants to be a hero and someone else gives him a cool name and he likes it more. And then uh, Damien to kind of show how he's developed as a character to take on his own. I, c- I could definitely see that. I had the pleasure of talking to Doc Evan Shaner at a Motor City Comic Con. What a cool guy. I was having him sign some books and uh, I said, I know you can't say anything, but I said, I'm, I'm really curious as to what is going to become of Tim and his, his new name. And he paused for a second and he said, 
of course, I've got to see some stuff and I've got to draw some stuff. He said, but what I can say is like, I was nervous at first. He says, being a Tim Drake fan and looking at the history of the character, he's like, I'm excited. And he's like, once I saw it, he went, yep, that's Tim. So that made me feel good that somebody currently working on the character, even if it's just in uh, cover form, even though he did the interiors of uh, six, uh, five, six. I was that, that that made me happy to to hear that. So it's cool. A final question I've got. Speaking of costumes, if you had to pick one costume for Robin for Tim Drake, which is it? The classic or the one year later outfit? And do you have any feelings of the one year later outfit? I actually like. I feel like the classic Tim Drake look is you know just iconic and uh, one of the best. That and Dick's you know Nightwing costume with the finger stripes, the one that he got in uh, you know going into his solo series in the nineties. Mm-hmm. I think those are you know probably the perfect examples of how you update a character's costume for the better. So obviously, I love the uh, classic Tim look, even though I prefer that one. I like the one year later one as well. It's it's still distinctly Tim. Again, this this is kind of from, from an area that's kind of a blind you know a blind spot in my reading. So it's just uh, something that I've had to fill in holes. But didn't he choose that color scheme because of Connor's death in Infinite Connor's, Crisis? Yeah. Yeah, so 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 I like the I like the sentimentality of it. I, I like the story reasoning as to why he would update it. Yeah, I mean, even though I prefer the classic one, if somebody you know were to say, "Hey, do you want me to draw you Tim Drake?" and then they drew him in the one year later costume, I wouldn't be upset at all. Now, if somebody said, "Hey, you want me to draw you Batman?" and then they drew me, you know, as bats, what? Okay, I probably wouldn't be upset about that either. But you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, I mean, it's it's still a great costume. It's very sleek. I like the colors. I like how it kind of brings in the look of, uh, you know, takes the look of uh, Tim from the new Batman Adventures, and then you know, kind of tweaks it a little bit and uh, brings it in there. I do feel like it maybe is missing a little something. I'm not quite sure what. And what I like about the most about his classic look is that uh you know the color scheme just works really well right uh you know the black boots the green leggings and gloves and uh you know the shoulder you know whatever sleeves and then you got the red tunic with the yellow belt and everything i think that works really well just having that solid red costume doesn't look bad in any way but it is a little more plain but again, I would prefer maybe a little and and maybe under designed isn't the right word to use because I think again it's it's still a great look, whereas the other one was pretty much perfection. This one's close, not quite, but I still like it quite a lot, yeah. Any other final thoughts you have for Tim Drake and maybe why Tim has lasted thirty years and hopefully beyond? Uh, I mean, I think a lot of it is, uh, like, I, like I was saying earlier, Tim justified his existence. He justified why, I mean, just on a meta storytelling level, how he was introduced, why he was introduced was, I mean, they, they 
they explained it incredibly well. I mean, I've said justify several times now, so I'm hesitant to <laughs> use the same word. But, I mean, they, they made it work. It wasn't just, uh, well, we need some other kid because we want to sell Robin toys or anything like that. They actually made it work within the story. And, you know, you got to stretch, you know, the imagination a little bit as to how he, you know, discovered everything right. and, uh, you know, pieced it together. But, I mean, they made it work. They made how he developed to become Robin because, you know, I mean, he became Robin out of necessity, but he still doesn't feel it's necessarily a burden because, you know, he, he, I mean, you know, of course, because, you know, you're <laughs> Rob of everyone loves the Drake. So, of course, you know, but, you know, I mean, just to reiterate the entire, the entire point of it is, you know, he, he knew Batman needed a Robin. So he went to Dick Grayson to say, hey, he needs you and he needs you to be Robin. And Dick, you know, shunned it because he was his own man at that point. He was Nightwing at that point and didn't want to go back, didn't feel it was right, which frankly it wasn't. He didn't need to be Robin anymore. So Tim understood that, you know, they need a Robin. Batman and Nightwing are about to, you know, possibly die. I'm the only one who can do this, so I'm going to. And then, you know, he suited up, of course, and, you know, saved them. But then, even though he was, you know, kind of in Batman's good graces then, he still was willing to, you know, follow instructions and follow his directions and say, I won't go back out on the streets until you tell me I'm ready. So mm-hmm. within the story, it's, it really developed him into becoming a believable character. And then, you know, there's, there's guys like, uh, you know, you and me who, I mean, you're a little bit older than I am, but, but still, I mean, he's had that impact on you as a mm-hmm. character that, you know, for us, he is Robin. He is who we think of when someone says Batman and Robin, and he is, you know, the character that we relate to as that character. So I think that is what really has made him work over the years. The fact that, like I was saying before, too, that he was able to sell Robin and Red Robin solo series, you know, by himself with his own name. And they were incredibly successful, very, Mm -hmm. you know, popular, very, they sold incredibly well to the point that people were kind of shocked that they, you know, canceled them with the new 52 because it's like, Hey, give us more of that. But they didn't give it to us. Right. Um, so I think there's just a lot of that, a lot of relatability, I think, in his character with uh, maybe being he's he doesn't necessarily have uh, any sort of anxiety, I would think of or anything like that, per se. But he is the one who maybe second guesses himself more because, I mean, he's, you know, he's so smart and he does understand things. He you know can tend to overthink it. Which, uh, not to say I'm a genius or anything, but I can definitely overthink some <laughs> things myself. Um, Ditto. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I think that uh, maybe every Robin's relatable in their own way. So, I mean, he has some things that I relate to and other things that I don't. So it's not like I necessarily think he's the most relatable Robin. Because I don't think every Robin is any more relatable than the others. Because, you know, I mean, Dick, you know, has a bright outlook on life and, you know, is uh, has a positive attitude, which is good attributes to have. But he's also incredibly handsome and everybody, you know, is is in love with him and, 
Yeah, that's that <laughs> that's that's not all of us, I'm sorry. <laughs> Me included. And then, I mean, you know, with Jason, everyone has a temper, you know, it may not lead us to get killed, but, you know, there's a little bit of that. And I just think that, uh, like I said, Tim Drake's Robin has a point and a purpose. And I think that's what has made him resonate with people so much over the years. Well, cool. I'm glad we uh, had a chance to have this conversation. And uh, as I'm piecing this together, like these are the more of these interviews i'm doing air quotes here which they are finding out why everyone loves the drake and i uh i'm really excited to uh to have to be able to celebrate our our 100th episode with doing all of these interview type things here i think it's going to be really cool for people to hear this so before i let you go where can people get a hold of you out there if they want to check out what you're doing and uh your footprint on the internet yeah, uh, like Rob said earlier, uh, I mean, just personally, you can follow me on Twitter at J-A-Y-A-W-S. I'm uh, just constantly doing silly things like going around Six Flags and finding every <laughs> instance of Tim Drake that I can find. <laughs> That's at J-A-Y-A-W-S. Like Rob said, he and I have the Everyone Loves Young Justice podcast, which um, we are about to record some more episodes of soon, and as in like five minutes from now and uh, <laughs> you can find that of course at elyj podcast on twitter and also as rob alluded to earlier i have my own site and show it's a comics now you can go to our website at comics-now.com i'm going to plug our patreon here i hope you don't mind that it's nope, at patreon patreon.com slash comics now and um we have a podcast that we talk about uh news in the world of comics we'll have a book of the week that we discuss uh me and brian warshaw we um kind of we started out on uh batman news with uh doing comic reviews there and then we wanted to talk about more comics other than batman because we love batman but we also love other stuff too (laughs) so right so we decided to uh start up our own stuff there and um, discuss uh, pretty much whatever tickles our fancy that week, whatever uh, books we're enjoying. And, uh, yeah, just we uh, try to keep it on a weekly schedule. I mean, you know, stuff happens, but uh, we've right. been around for about a year now and are closing in on around uh, 50 episodes fairly soon. So uh, That's cool. Yeah, and I've been able to interview, you know, quite a few, like at Comic-Con, would sit in on some press roundtables and uh, got some interviews with a couple of different um, – writers and artists like uh last year at comic-con alone i I talked to like agnes garbowska she does a lot of the dc superhero girls sometimes teen titans go that kind of stuff robert venditti had a great chat with him about like hawkman and uh, his run on green lantern so uh yeah just a search for us just comics now we're on any podcast provider you could think of pretty much. Uh, I think the only one that we're not on right now is uh, iHeartRadio, but uh, gotcha. uh, we'll look into that. But uh, yeah, just uh, <laughs> and then um, on uh, Twitter and Instagram at ComicsNowCast, uh, you can find us there. And um, yeah, I pretty much uh, we kind of swap duties with the uh, Twitter handle, but uh, yeah, I'll probably interact with you over there if you find us there. But that's uh, that's where you can find me pretty much daily. 
All right, cool. Well, thanks for uh, taking this time with me, Jay. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for having me, Rob. Uh, definitely love the Drake and definitely enjoy talking about him. All right, that's where we're going to end this episode of the show. I want to thank my special guest, Jay Oz, for stopping by. And you've been listening to the BatmanUniverse.net. And more importantly, you've been listening to Robin. Jay Oz loves the Drake. We'll see you guys in a few weeks. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to Robin. Everyone loves the Drake podcast. This has been brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net. Tim Drake, Robin, and all Batman-related characters are under copyright of DC Comics. This podcast is solely for entertainment purposes, so no infringement is intended by this show. This show is not a good revenue stream. Actually, there's not a stream at all. All music and sound clips are under copyright by their respected copyright holders. So there should be no need to send the Penguins lawyers after us for ill-gotten gains because there are none. You can get a hold of the show a few different ways. We are on Twitter at ELTD Podcast. You can also email in at Robin ELTD Podcast at Yahoo.com. Our Facebook page can be found at www.facebook.com slash everyone loves the Drake. And as always, you can message directly over at the BatmanUniverse.net. So email, tweet, or message us. We'd love to hear from you. And we'll read your comments or responses on the show. The show you're listening to can be found a few different ways through iTunes and Windows Media, also over at our host, TBU. Leave us a review on iTunes if you listen there. It'll help spread the word of the show. Make sure you head over to the BatmanUniverse.net, your home for all things Batman and Robin. Thanks for listening to the show and hearing why everyone loves the Drake. We'll see you in a few weeks. Take care. Yeah.